Bray. Listen, he's not listening. Penalty's going against you. I've already. Alright, Bray. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Let's check my emails. We've got News Corp Australia's hiring Fox Sports News presenter. Top job picks for you, Dennis. Fox Sports News presenter. News Corp, sorry. Oh, sorry. <coughs> Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Fire Up on the Diamond Tina Media Network. I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined by a brave, resilient Chris Gale on the back of a rare win by his Tigers, fresh from a night out at the 8th Wonder with his pals from PWA, and thanking the rugby league gods for the Bulldogs. What a gift the Bulldogs are to struggling rugby league clubs and to struggling rugby league podcasts. And I'm also joined by a sulky Redfern Pat, who last week showed so much more interest in hosting this podcast than his wretched rabbits did in playing footy on Sunday. And it's true, I missed last week due to COVID, and I've been home in bed all week, just lying down doing nothing. So am I fired up? Hell no. I barely even celebrated the fact that the Raiders have won three on the trot for the first time in a couple of years. I don't hate the Bunnies, so I take no joy in the Raiders beating them. I did indulge and re-watch the miracle in Melbourne where the Raiders came back from 18-0 down and two players in the bin to beat the evil storms, and while I enjoyed it, I didn't get overly fired up. So, Chris Gale, what have you seen over the weekend, and what rugby league treachery, controversies and conspiracies have you been privy to that you can share to get me fired up? I wish I could help you, Dennis, but there was a federal election on, so I didn't see any. No, I saw a lot of football. In fact, I saw too much football. You saw a lot of teal. Yeah. And look, first of all, I want to pay due credit to you that you have walked back in, having walked on it, out on us last week under the premise of COVID. Trent Barrett walked out. He never came back. At least you came back, though. From the sound of it, you might have been looking at alternative employment as we went live to air on this podcast. Is that right? Well, I did, it did get emailed to me just then, but uh, all right. I don't think I'll be applying. And I don't want to put another stake into your heart because there are enough in there, let alone your back. But we were chatting to uh, one of the very nice people down at Bar Cleveland where we meet prior to recording this podcast mm. just near the Batuta Advocate Studios. And uh, we were in discussion and said, yeah, we record a podcast called Fire Up. And um, um, the person involved went and had a look and said, oh, two of my mates follow that. And then she came back and said, um, are any of you Redfern Pat? <laughs> <laughs> and we, of course, both had to say no. And she goes, because my mate said I they love it. Away. It's a great show. We really love Redfern Pat. So, I mean, we are tantamount to irrelevant. And, I mean, last week, Redfern Pat very comfortably sat in your oh. seat and in your shoes. And I think you and I are out the back door. So, everyone be ready that this will future be the Redfern Pat podcast. So does that mean I start doing Media Watch? Is that, <laughs> is that what's happening? Yeah, I think he's got a little bit more flair with the uh, editing than you do. So we're, here we are with our valedictory farewell episode of Fire Up. Uh, and let's, let's just give a shout out to those two listeners who are friends of someone who works at Bar Cleveland. How are you, fellas? Thanks for tuning in. We absolutely <laughs> salute you and we thank you from the bottom of our respective hearts. Now, as I said, I watched too much football given there was a, a federal election on and there were sweeping changes across the country, Dennis. But in rugby league, it was business as usual because Jared Warrior Hargraves was put on report out at the old girl on Saturday night. Of course he was. Now, cause, so this is, but this is a sweeping change because this means this is Roots' player put on report. And traditionally, that doesn't happen. Big club Tradi theory. Traditionally, he's... Um, 
somehow flown under the radar because it's not his go, despite the fact that I think he's I think he's currently the most judiciaried uh, player that's still going around. Um, Though, in fact, statistics were brought to light in the result of his um, incident on Saturday, which we'll go through in a moment, to show that he's way down the list in terms of players having attracted infringements. And that the lead, this is what really throws me. Can you guess who is the most infringing player in the National Rugby League this season so far? Oh, this season? Yeah, this season. This is the tabula rasa season. This is the clean slate season. Oh, someone had two, haven't they? Is it a Raider? No, I'm talking about infringements all up. Penalty, six agains, you know, reports, the whole box and dice. The Tigers? 15, no, it's an individual. I'm talking about an individual player, and this person has attracted 15 infringements over 10 rounds or 11 rounds. I, I've got no idea, but I'm getting fired up. Traditional clean skin and rugby league good guy, Jake Trebojevic. J- Turbo? <laughs> Jake. Not oh, Tur- sorry, Burbo. Jobo. <laughs> Jobo. Jobo. The gerbil. Jobo. Pace of the game, Dennis. He's just lying on players. He's slowing down. He's twisting in tackles. Flopping. Everything as you understand it is changing. And I think this is why Jared was reported because he's way down the list. He's about eight or nine or something like that. How many, how many barbecues for junior footy does he turn up to? How many sponsors, big pillow, triangular, Toblerone things does he take off the field afterwards? How many goalposts? So ads? many. And Jared. No, no, no. I'm I thought you were about Jake. No, I'm saying Jared. And how many is he taking off? And the referees have had enough of it. They said, we're not buying it. You can't keep lying on the player simply because you cut up the oranges down at Monavale. Jared, I think, is a well-known good guy. I think he um, <laughs> lives around the, the, the Mossman North Sydney-type electorate and could well have been seen campaigning for Kylie Dink, for all I know. But uh, he's probably not as well-known for the Toblerone removal process. But he, he's languishing about eight or nine on the list, apparently. That's only because it's been wiped clean. Because if we go back to 2019, he was suspended the week... The game where the Roosters beat the Storm to get into the grand final, he was suspended. <laughs> There's all these articles saying, oh, I've got to change my ways. You know, I've got to change the way I play footy because I, I keep hitting blokes in the head. I keep you know doing stuff wrong and I need to change the game and modernise. The game was then modernised by Volandis. We then had the Magic Crown thing and he still comes out and says, oh, every, every Michael Lucking time I play. It's like, it's because it's how you play, Jared. It's what you do. It's your Michael Lucking Go! It's your rugby league DNA. And he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder because as Fisher-Harris scored a meaningless try as the Kardashians trampled over the Roosters, (laughs) gosh, it was peaceful out there just watching the orderly transition of power as opposed to the United States taking place in front of my eyes. And the only thing that really put me off was there is a company that on the banners, you know, those electronic banners that put up the advertising. Oh, not the flashing company. Yeah. No, mm. it's SBS Fence and Toilet Hire. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, shout out to them. I'm very happy to be a sponsor. But I was enjoying watching the transition of power. I was enjoying the quality rugby league being put on the Kardashians. I was enjoying the fact that most of my Roosters friends didn't turn up because they knew what was awaiting for them. <laughs> and then every 10 minutes, Fence and Toilet Hire. It's an odd... Sort but of it's combination, SBS, is Fence and Toilet Hire. I think so it's this SBS. Is, so this is part of Rupert's plan that you've got the, the public <laughs> broadcaster who's actually having to contract out and get to SBS, the World Television Service Plus. Well, the dam started to break when SBS start, first started taking ads, correct? Yes. In, in about three years' time, you'll just be seeing ads for fences and toilets on SBS, <laughs> which will be arguably whether that's a good use of taxpayers' money or not. But as Fisher-Harris bowled over dunny. under the sticks, under the black oblong, towards the end of the game, he just got a little clip across the chops. And, of course, referee Sutton, as is his want, needed to talk to Jared about it. And this is what Jared had to say. You to put me on, on the ball. Uh, yeah, mate. Don't you reckon? Yeah, I'm just saying. 
So in the end, because he's clearly got the chip, he's he's put in the bin, not for the clip across the chops, which in in, in the end attracted no um, disciplinary action, as I understand it, um, but for the exchange you had with um, Jerry Sutton about, you know, you've got it in for me, Gov. Yeah. And one of the people I was out there with uh, put on the WhatsApp, hard to see the Jared incident here. It didn't seem that hard to me. It was up on the big screen. <laughs> and he goes, was about, he's a Roosters fan. So he's looking for an out, right? And another Roosters fan responded, no, just to fine for the hit, but he might get a week for telling the ref he's off his head. And uh, and so it came to be that he's actually received a fine uh, to the tune of $1,800. Primarily, it seems, because the Michael Luck was not actually directed directly at Sutton, but just for the use of the profanity. Mm. How do you feel about that? Well, has there been a history of profanity use against referees in rugby league? Here, you call me an expletive dumbo. Now go. So it's not like he called him an expletive dumbo. No. And um, Lindsay Collins, Roosters front rower, has waded into the controversy and uh, he said, and I quote, he shouldn't have sworn, but it wasn't directed at Sutton. There was no malice and everybody knows who Jared is as a man and what a respectable man he is. <laughs> Colin goes on to say, what other job do you get fined $1,800 for saying the F word? If it was for me, that'd be a tough pill to swallow. First thing, I recommend all rugby league players never use their knowledge about swallowing pills. They just get themselves <laughs> into trouble. But it got... Me to thinking, Dennis, what other job would you get fined for using the Michael Luck expletive uh, in a, a, an employment context? It seems like he might have an argument. Well, I, I, it wasn't Michael Luck, but I do recall a certain uh, Prime Minister of Australia talking to troops in Afghanistan and dropping the um, Darren Britt, saying that Darren Britt happens because their soldiers being killed. It was quite careless. And he wasn't, or she wasn't fined? He wasn't it? fined. There was a lot of hoo-ha and trouble about it. Um, I'd imagine if, if, if I walked into uh, a restaurant yes. to go to a booking and they said, oh, every Michael Lucking time, what do you, Michael Lucking, want? I'd probably, I'd be having a word to the manager about the concierge. Uh, same at a hotel. If at a I... hotel. If like every Because Mi- often I go to hotels and I'll go to check in. I'll say, it's already paid. And I say, no, there's no credit card authorization. Oh. And if I feel like I want to say to them, oh, Michael Luck, there already has. If they were to turn to me and say, Michael Luck, me, you haven't paid your Michael Lucking bill. Michael Lucking, get your Michael Lucking credit card out. I would probably speak to the manager and say, fine him, 1800 bucks." Well, you fill out a feedback form at least, right? I think if you're on an airline and as the, the steward came down and said, the Michael Luckin beef or the Michael Luckin chicken, <laughs> I think Lindsay's onto a point. I think that if you use that in those employment contexts, you'd probably get fired and it wouldn't just be restricted to an $1,800 fine. So he's really speaking the truth, I think. Um, one, of, one of my son's friends had just started work as a um, primary school teacher. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I'm wondering how that would go if he starts talking. Because children in primary schools are a bunch of Michael mm. Lucking little, they're Carmichaels. And seriously, they can be so, uh, one of the things I watched in COVID was kindergarten cop. <laughs> you clearly were under a, a lot of trouble. It's not a tumour. It's not a tumour. Anyway, let's just probably focus on trying to get into origin rather than on um, employment law. But, you, you know, 
what's great about teammates is they get around them. What's great about coaches if they get around you. And so, mm. of course, JWH, his coach, super coach Trent Robinson, clearly was trying to get around Jared in the presser afterwards. Did you actually hear what he said, Robert? Like, yeah, I heard what he said, yeah. yeah. What did you make of what he said? Yeah, I felt like um, I think there's a couple of things there. You can't speak that way. It wasn't bad, you know. But it was he, he swore, so you know, if that's if that's there. He didn't swear um, at him, he didn't abuse him, he just, you know, um, obviously swore in that bit there and, and, and if that's unacceptable, I'm not sure. Like we haven't seen too many of those. If there's a swear word used if they're going off then then that's fine. Um, and and Jared's also right, you know. If guys guys hit guys around the chops like that all the time, like how many eight point tries have we seen from guys diving in the corner and getting hit in the head and all of that? That just doesn't happen. You know, if that's um, James Tedesco doing that tackle, he's not on report. That's not a reportable high tackle. Well, first of all, I say hello to Jamie Ainsco in the '99 Grand Final. But um, from what I heard from Robbo, uh, it's wrong to swear, but it's all right to swear. Yeah, that, that swearing was fine. And and it was clearly the wrong thing to do, except we've never seen it. So how could we possibly have an opinion on it if I've never seen it before, which has been another Robinson trope during the season? See, just listening to Robbo talk there, the, the, it, it lacks the clarity of tomorrow is game day. So he's clearly missing the coach whisperer because there I'm hearing mixed messages. It's okay to swear, but it's not okay to swear. It does happen. It doesn't happen. If that was someone else, this, if, if there's no eight, but like he's just, that was gobbledygook. What's happened to Robbo? Well, have a look at the Roosters' position on the table. I think that reflects it. Right, and big club theory is not being enacted. Has Robbo got COVID? Well, has Robbo? Because that, that sounds like that's pretty much where my brain was at last <laughs> week. Just so, fog and mush. So I think Sydney Roosters club in crisis. And it's funny you mentioned the coach whisperer because we keep saying we've got to get him on the show. Turns out, and it'll take a couple of months, the coach whisperer will be on this show. But next week, Brendan Cowell will be joining us. So we're starting to... Uh, so Brendan Cowley's done, done, done. On that journey to credibility. So Roosters... <laughs> Roosters... <laughs> you're closing. It'll be Brendan Cowell and Redfern. Pat presenting Brent... Fire Up. That's it. <laughs> that's credibility. That's credibility. Up the wazoo. What, he's actually here? Oh, he'll be here. <laughs> so Robbo, um, as you say, club in crisis, but he was recently spot, spotted courtesy of Rothfield and his... Uh, it, it, if you read the buzz column on the Sunday, right, you know, the Spotted and the Shush and the Saint and the Sinner. That's in the kids' pages, isn't yeah. it? He clearly can't be in all those places, can he? So there is actually a group of <laughs> Rothfieldian lieutenants that are out there phoning and texting and tweeting this I stuff. I suspect them, those, love, those um, Rothfieldian lieutenants are, in fact, the coffee club, the Cronulla Coffee Club ah, the Cronulla that we've Co- mentioned that before. Because he's, he's actually mentioned this on his podcast, that he is a member of the Cronulla Coffee Club that runs rugby. He has claimed membership, but he won't say anyone else who's in there. Mm. So I suspect that the um, St. Sinner Shush, those are probably actually names for people in there. So there's a saint, there's a sinner, and there's a shush. That is the coffee club. Those are their code names. Right. Well, one of them has gone very far afield because Robbo was spotted with Australian cricket test cricket captain Pat Cummins at uh-huh. Pilgrims in Bronte. Right. And in the background, as they were sharing a coffee, you could see Jairo drive past on his motorbike because Dimitri will allow him to ride the motorbike where Wayne won't with his terriers <laughs> safely secured on the seats, given that he's out of South Territory. And I'm distressed to report that it, what wasn't mentioned in the article was have a guess who paid for the coffee. 
Camo. It certainly wasn't oh, Robbo. Of course it was. Last thing on the Roosters. <clears throat> it's come to the attention, again, talking about Jared, you know, a bit of a love-in on that right edge with Joseph Manu and um, the boon Joseph Sawali, the Joeys, mm-hmm. if you come to the yes. yeah, yeah, I think that's been focused on enough. Jared's and the Joeys. And apparently there's a pretty boy index in the Roosters. A pretty boy index? Mm. Well, they have always had the pretty boys. So, at so, the... so they have it within the club? Yes. So this is a thing at the moment. So... At the top of the good-looking list, i.e. good-looking rooster, <laughs> the two Joeys, Manu and Sawali, have a guess who they were positing was at the other end of the list. Ooh, not Jared. Tell me it's not Jared. Jared. Jarhead. They're putting Jarhead in the bottom. I find uh, Warrior Hargraves an imposing but very handsome, striking figure. Very Don't masculine. You? Don't you? Very manly and masculine. And, and you know what? You know what? We're having a go at Jared here. I think we should stand up for it. You know what Jared was doing? Jared was standing up to the bullies. He believed he was being bullied, being victimised, and he wasn't, he wasn't going to take it. And he was standing up to the bullies. And uh, we're going to talk about these bullies right now. But uh, just, by the way, joining Jared at the, uh, the end of the pretty boy, Lisa, Nat and Negan Butcher. And <laughs> let me tell you, if he ever gets back to uh, first grade, no disrespect, but Ben Marshke, Noel Painting. Robbo, where does Robbo fit in the scale? Well, if Robbo's smart, just let Pat buy your coffee and do not get involved in a pretty boy discussion. Especially against and Pat. This, this comes from someone who knows, let me tell you. Well, as we found from the uh, the woman at the uh, bar Cleveland, the Pat here is clearly the top weight. That's right. We're holding him back. But the, the villains who were bullying, uh, so we've got Jared, Jared, we've got Jerry bullying Jared. In what world? In what world is Jerry Sutton, Jerry, bullying Jared? No, he was bossing him. But he was <laughs> was being bossed by Sutton. Yes, he was, and he was sent. But there's been revelations that you know, Matt Chicken famously retired from rugby league yes. and then came back. Great loss when he finally left the game. But it, when he initially yeah. left, it was because of a react. There was death threats. That's right. And it's happened again. They're back on the table, Dennis. And in fact, uh, Chicken Legs gave an interview with Webby recently, saying he's not missing refereeing at all. Well, Matt, we miss you. I just want you to know that. Well, some of us are <coughs> friends on Facebook. And, uh, gee, some of the pictures he's posting of his camper van trip around the country have been right. magnificent. He's having a great... He's, there's a lot of uh, Sauvignon Blanc and sunsets. Beautiful. So, in other words, he's Howard-esque. He's, he's relaxed and comfortable. <laughs> well, uh, of course, Peter Volandes has gone on the front foot. And this, of course, is in the wake of... We'll talk in a moment about what happened out at uh, Combank Stadium, as I like to refer to it, between Manly and Parramatta. But there have been two credible death threats. And Peter Volandis says enough. And let's go to the audio. They were credible death threats and we're not going to tolerate it. These referees are like all of us. They've got kids and they've got families. They are also human beings in a workplace. I mean, this guy is the people's champion, right? And he's gone, we all make mistakes. Most of us every day of the week. At least 98% of the decisions are right. I'm starting to sound like Alan Jones. <laughs> they get 2% of their decisions wrong and shows they're humans. Imagine if you got 98 out of 100 in an exam, people were critical of you. I used to get 50 out of 100. It's not right. What I'm taking away from that, first of all, Peter Volandis, I've got you wrong. You're a humanitarian. Secondly, if you're only getting 50 out of 100 in your exams, what are you doing running rugby league, let alone racing in this fair state, in this fair country? Well, you don't need a lot of Latin... To uh, and to run racing and rugby league, I suspect those are what he was getting the fifties in. Uh, it is great to have him back on the show, though. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It does make me wonder. He's he is a people's person. He's the little you know. He, I, I can't say the word. He was he's a Greek migrant who's brought up in 
and rugby league is what kept him going, and rugby league is what he loved, and he loves the people. And he, is he red? Is he blue? Is he teal? Is he green? I don't know. He's the lot. He's the he's the rainbow. I had him as UAP myself. But, you know, <laughs> that's just me. But he's two peoples for that. No, he's incredible. He's incredible. And of course, there was a lot of controversy over the weekend. Uh, what I refer to as appetite for obstruction with the Cobo <laughs> try, um, the huge philosophical if not existential question about to grip or not regrip mm. with Dane Gagai in the same game. But in terms of keeping your head in the game, which is obviously something that all players are encouraged to do, did you see Christian Tupolotu's tackle on Hayes Perham, one of the two Hayes about to depart the Parramatta team as Russell and Sivo? One of the two Hayes both spelt differently that's, that are about to depart. That's right. And he ended up with a contact with a head report from the tackle, but Coach Hasler, after Manly went down by that Mitchell Moses conversion, had this to say about the tackle. The Tuapalotu tackle at the end, did you have a view and review of that? Did you think that it was not high, perhaps? Yeah, it wasn't high. No. It was a good tackle. It's a brave tackle. It's a, they're called a try save. You know, and the idea of the game is defence, and the idea of a try save is to... Um, to come up with big plays. <laughs> so he's so good to have the mad professor back on the show. Isn't it good? And he was disguising his disappointment there and he's really gone on the offensive and saying that the refereeing is not too good. And and look, I think he's got to remember that there are death threats here, Des. Uh, and so and Dennis. So you, you've got to be careful. But it's really interesting to me that it's all about interpretation. Like we all sit on one side of the fence like that was an obstruction that try should have been allowed because, as Joey John said on the grip regrip with Gagai, mm. if it was a grubber, just a fingertip would be enough. Yeah, but the issue there is it's if... The rules? It's the rules. <laughs> and this was made very clear, and this is where rugby league is the golfers' ball, because it was a few years ago it was made very clear that if you lose the ball, you can't just have downward pressure. In a grubber, you can have downward pressure. If you possess the ball and you lose that possession, you have to gain actual possession where you can stop the ball from falling down you can't push it down that was made very clear so that one to rip or or regrip he it, it clearly under any interpretation joey is just wrong yeah completely got correct. It wrong. unfortunately however with the one that high tackle now we've discussed this before we can't talk about high tackles we have to talk about head, head tackles. tackles and if that tackle hit his head i'm going to quote another manly great not des hasler but peter peters if that tackle, if that tackle hit his head, then his chest grown ears. Because the only ears that got near was his chest. It was nowhere near the guy's head. That should never have been a penalty. And you know what it is? It's big club. It's big club. Parramatta's a big club. They got the penalty. They're an enormous club. And enormous club. Thank God I thought you were going to say, you were going to say that'll do me. Um, and, and, and I think all we can do, because obviously the answer is really clear. Computers and robots, right? They've got to replace the referees. But that won't happen overnight. But just listen to the three opinions that came off the back of that tackle. Now, in the end, Tupaluta was not charged. So well, of course he wasn't because it didn't touch his head. Something that led to a penalty that got Parramatta down the field and in a position to win the game. <sighs> not charged. And Luke Patton from the Match Review Committee. And boy, can you imagine when the independent doctor, the bunker, and the Match Review Committee get together for Christmas drinks? It's going to be chaos. <laughs> um, although there is contact with the head, the action was not deemed careless. The manly defender is aiming at the body and is not on an upwards trajectory. The ball carrier drops in height just before impact. That's Ooh. his expression. The on-field penalty was considered sufficient. 
Now, by way of contrast, rugby league doyen and Hall of Famer Greg Alexander said, the wet ground saw him slip and drop ah. dramatically. So that's a more um, emotive description of what happened um, with Perham. And Christian Topolotto just went through with the contact. So this brings in the concept of slip. Mm. Um, I would hate to see that what players, because coaches and players will look to exploit every fault in the laws possible, Dennis. You'd mm. hate to see a situation where players are now being coached to just deliberately slip. So not just diving, but slipping. Into tackles. Mark Carroll, on the other hand, described um, the situation as a joke. A joke. Yeah. But uh, let's just hope that this isn't the latest thing that sees our game. Baby, I've been watching you. Baby, I've been watching you. Watching everything you do. Watching everything you do. And I just can't help but feeling Someone else is stealing you away from me. I see it written in your eyes And you confirm it with your lies Though the web you weave can hold me I would rather that you told me Where you want to be I can't believe what young blokes listen to these days. Well, thanks to Max Merritt and the Meteors. What a classic that is. Now, wonderful to hear it again. Um, speaking of classics, Freddie Fittler. Freddie Fittler's Blues team. And the Blues team every week is taking hits. It's taking hits. This weekend, we've lost Tommy Turbo due to a shoulder. A few weeks ago, we've lost Ryan Pappenhuysen to his uh, multiple injuries on his leg. Latrell is... is He's on the space station currently. Doing, is it low gravity or what's he doing? Centrifuge? People laughed when we suggested that what uh, South Sydney had organised was for Latrell's hamstring to be separately transported to Philadelphia for treatment with Dr. Knowles. Yeah. And, of course, if you went to the Daily Astonisher recently, you'll see a picture of Latrell, not in Philadelphia, but at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Right. Obviously wanted to take in a Golden State Warriors game as part of the Western Conference Finals in the well, NBA. Is that because his hamstring is in... Separately transported. Yeah. That's the miracle of modern science that South Sydney have got themselves to. They're good at science, not so good at football. Has Elon taken it up? I think Musk would be involved in this. And he's taken it up and, and of course, to the space station. In, in, as I've been saying in other vehicles, I said when poor old Luke Brooks did his hamstring mm. against the high-flying North Queensland Cowboys... Michael Maguire rang Blake Solly and said, can you do us a solid? I mean, you know, come on. Two 20, for the price of one. 2014, and they refused to find any space in the chamber for Luke Brooks's hamstring. But we go on and we add Finucane with mm -hmm. the knee, Victor Radley, Victor Von Doom, as I like to refer to him, and Tommy Turbo, just tragic. I mean, it had already been a knock-on. It was unfortunately not necessary for him to try and knock the ball. It was very upsetting. Um, Cameron Murray might be back, but it's put the Origin team into crisis, Dennis. It, it says here the outs list is as long as 
Pinocchio Gus's nose. That's right. Well, <laughs> and, well that's, and that's and long. I, and I know you don't read the nine press. You're just purely Murdoch. Okay. Hold <laughs> but, on. I read it a bit now and again. <laughs> but just in case you see your name in it. And the headline today uh, was, who do you think you're picking, Mr. Fittler? Uh, evoking oh, the memories a of Dad's army. And Gee, that'd be cute to do a song about, but uh, I don't know if actually I, writing I, a song could, could be possible. You know, yeah. we we cover old shows. We were doing Welcome Back Cotter last week when you were I away. I heard that was so, wonderful to hear that again. Yeah. Uh, up your nose with a rubber hose. So, um, Freddie is—he's a guy in crisis, right? And what worries me is that he's actually said when contacted by the said Nine Press, "How are you dealing with all these outs now, Tommy Turbo?" Room ruled out for the season he was actually picked up the phone he was sharpening his chainsaw okay um let's, let's unpack that was this metaphor was he out the back to maybe cutting up a bit of firewood for his his mansion you know has obviously dozens of chimneys and he needs a bit of firewood was he just doing a bit of manual labor i would have thought he's more an axe man but was he was it a metaphoric chainsaw he was sharpening well no he said it's a real one and he says and I quote, I only ever sharpen the chainsaw when I'm angry. So we've got an angry Freddie Fittler on our hands. Sharpening the chainsaw. <laughs> no. Has he got a hockey mask? Well, I've Has anyone to... found out? I, I don't want to read the headlines that Origin 1 becomes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre before <laughs> kickoff when Freddie just pushed to the brink, just revs it up. And arms and limbs start flying everywhere. So is he going to go running through the Queensland sheds? Is he going to be the flu virus that goes running through the Queensland camp? <laughs> Can you imagine Billy Slater's giving his first origin speech, which is, wow, I can't believe I'm the coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then you hear, where's Cobbo? And, and he comes I don't know, in a Volandis mask, so he's not recognised. <laughs> Poor old Selwyn's got to show how quick he actually is. Recognised by the sharpness of his chainsaw. Well, no, I think it's actually probably reasonably good knowledge, and I expect to see him on Guarding Australia with Costa Georgiatis at some stage, that Freddie's a bit of a gardener. Well, he does like to get barefoot and feel the magic of the grass on the ground. And I saw a profile recently on Isaiah Yo, who my friend Dave Anderson maintains is the greatest rugby league player he's ever seen. Right? <laughs> which is a big call, but pretty good. He was also the author of the refs off his head remark. He's a good guy, Dave. Um, in that article, Freddie Fittler talking about Yo says, um, so enamored with Yo's all energy game. Uh, I try not to show it as much, but there's a fair few conversations going on, my, on in my head when I'm tired. <laughs> Fittler has named his salvia plants after the NRL's most dependable player. He calls them his Isaiah's. Can you help me? I, I keep reading that as saliva plants, but it's salvia. salvia. What is a salvia plant? Salvia plant. You'd, you'd more commonly know it as salvia is a is a it's a genus in the mint family, um, succulents and very flavoursome. And you'd know that sage. Sage is the more common name. So when you're having your you know burnt sage butter sauce on your on your chicken, that's where or, or on your fish, right? That's where it'll be. So the sage it's it's very popular Italian. So the the common sage is European, but there's a lot of other sages from Mexico and the US that, that are, have culinary use as well. I'd imagine he has common sage, uh, and that's what he's calling a salvia. Okay, so it'd be a poor joke to say when Freddie sings Scarborough Fair, he goes parsley, Isaiah, rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> he may well do that. Uh, as, as Freddie says about salvias, for all you green thumbs out there, and I'm certainly not one of you, they're just machines. So <laughs> immediately I think... 
I say, yo. Yeah, shouldn't they be called the Asafa Solomonas or something like that? Uh, they just grow out of control, flowering nonstop. Oh, found- you don't want them flowering. You need to be pinching them to get them off because you want the leaves, the big, long leaves. They're the ones you want to fry up. Right, and I found it easier if I named the plants. I'd be able to remember them. I would have thought Salvia got the job done, but but there you go. So Freddie's under a lot of pressure. Well, Salvia, it, it comes from the Latin salvation. Mm. Maybe Isaiah Yo is the salvation for the blues. Oh, or maybe the chainsaw is the salvation for the blues. Either way, they, we, we, we're going to struggle to get it done. And I think the other thing, Dennis, that I just um, quickly want to add to the conversation, and I, I'd be keen for your views on this. Mm-hmm. Ray Warren, will he be there for number 100? Has there been any announcement from the palace? Any smoke coming out Not of the papal yet. chimney? Oh, yeah, we are catapulting towards a Matt Thompson call game. Of all people. <laughs> Matt Thompson. Could you could you imagine if we get to tomorrow is game day, Origin One, which I think is June eight at Acor Stadium. It's coming up very quickly, right? And Channel Nine has the call, and, and they just tap Hadley on the shoulder. Can you imagine that? Yeah, before I, I personally putting my stake in the ground and saying I stand by Matt Thompson. If Rabbits isn't doing it, and Lord knows I want him to, I want Matt Thompson. He's to get definitely he's definitely the teal candidate. <laughs> <laughs> that lot there, I'd be the definite. Oh, I'll, I'll be going. Um, TV volume down, listening to ABC Grand. Oh, I'm working at it. So I'll be listening to ABC Grandstand regardless. But speaking of sharpening a chainsaw, Chris, do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind? Hit me. Dennis, I've got more access to grind than time allows. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm warehousing again. And of course, timing didn't quite go with me. When Jared got put in the in the bin, I'd been saving it up and saving it up. And eventually when Utukumano, I think, might have been put in the bin, uh, I brought out the thing about you know having to walk all the way to the bin and the, the creek yeah, 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 yeah. yep. You never ever get to the rooms before Absolutely. you have to turn around. And then true enough, Jared gets put in the next week after I bring it up. But I've warehoused a couple, but I've got two. Now, I don't want to um, upset uh, the rising star and um, titular figurehead of Fire Up Redfern Pat too much, but of course, up at Apex Park at Dubbo. And big shout out to Dubbo Championship Wrestling currently on at the Hayes Theatre and they're moving to the Parramatta Riverside, the, a musical homage to Australian wrestling, which I'm behind 100%. Wow. Where your Canberra Raiders uh, very comfortably accounted for Redfern Pat South Sydney Rabbitohs Jason Demetrio, of course, was interviewed in the press conference. And Demetrio today has, by the way, has gone in the papers and said, I don't need Wayne. I don't need to call Wayne. Yep. That's his first mistake. But he said, and this is a real axe of mine to grind, we didn't have an aggressive enough mindset, and I think 40-odd missed tackles summed us up. We've got to be a bit more resilient when things don't go our way. Okay? Across in the other room... Big Papa's 250th game, very much a feeling. Tears. Yes, the players did it for Papa. And Papa was in tears. Yep. Emotional man, beautiful man. Coach Ricky Stewart, mm. soaring right now, three in a row. You must be, dare I say, ebullient. Mm. They're a resilient bunch, my Raiders, and they're never going to let Papa lose his 250th. The way this word is used, first of all, resiliency doesn't exist. Redundant term, it's just resilience, okay? But it simply yeah. equates to we win... 
we're resilient, we lose. We're not resilient enough. Just remove it from the lexicon. It's meaningless. There's some resilience department costing $750 million a year. I'll never bring it up again because I've brought it up too often, but that just says it. We win, we're resilient. We lose, we're not resilient enough. It's ridiculous. My other acts. <laughs> Do you watch the Fox Minis? I have, yes. It's a good way of catching up on a game that you haven't seen and may not be bothered to watch all the way through. Bulldogs, Tigers, for instance. <laughs> Anything involving the Gold Coast, right? <laughs> yep. I think they've got the kid who does the editing on the World Surfing League doing the minis. So I, my planner, because of the Golden Point Shower the week before with uh, the Dragons and the Titans, <laughs> it cut off during Golden Point, right? So I the go mini. to the, the mini. No, no, no. The the main coverage on the planner, like the, the recording finished a little bit early. And I go, no sweat. Oh. I've got the mini. I'll just go to the mini. And you know how Asako scored in the corner off the back of Amon dropping the ball off a kick, you know, on the fifth tackle? Well, I didn't because it wasn't in the mini. The play that led to the scrum that led to the winning try, missing. And I go, I'll, I'll call it a one-off. I watched the Parramatta... Manly Mini this week, because I'd only saw the last 20 minutes because I had been out at Leichhardt Oval to see the Tigers beat the Dogs. Here's not what was in the Mini. Tommy Turbo's season-defining, season-ending injury, basically consigning Manly to the scrap heap, not covered in the Mini. And did we just spend 10 minutes talking about the Tupelotto tackle? Yeah. Not in the Mini. Yeah. See, I think, I suspect the Mini gets notes from, they just look at the score sheet and go, kick off. First try, second try, third try, half-time, kick-off. They don't do anything. So anything interesting, they don't get in there. Well, you're but, not on this podcast as of this week, so you're looking for a job. I want you installed as the mini-editor. The thing is, the mini-editor needs to watch the whole game and then edit it. I think that's what's not happening. They're not actually watching the game and well, then editing. And why I think you're right is that you get the last few seconds of the first half and you always get the last few seconds of the game. It's obviously being done to a recipe, and it's not good enough, Fox League. But no! Get over it. They are my Arara Valley axes to grind, Dennis. And now it's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. You're not getting any younger. Um, I'm not going to get much older, I can tell name you. Name your either. top five. Name your top. I think Look. she's nearly over. <laughs> I think I've run my race. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. Jeez, are you talking about Ray Rabbits Warren maybe having called his last origin match? And maybe he's not coming back. Maybe he is. But he's, if he does, it's his 100th. And yes. he's not going to be there long. Channel 9 without Rabs and Channel 9 without Gus Gould is not Channel 9. I don't know what it is, but it's... If, if that's all, if if he's gone, we're gone. This show's gone. There's so much to process here. Like this whole aging, dying thing apparently is real. I mean, we lost Vangelis last week, and oh. I could do, I could do two hours on how good I think Vangelis is. Was, yeah, but I won't. Uh, but but Gould is calling time on himself, right? And one of the highlights I was looking forward to is I headed out to Leichhardt Oval with Redfern Pat and the PWA team, my wrestling buddies including the heavyweight champion, Ricky South, who's a Dogs fan. And Thank they, God for the Bulldogs. Let's they, just say it. Thank God for the Bulldogs. And, and of course, there with my co-commentator, Andrew Rose, and they're surging back from 18-0 down because Ricky's actually standing at the open box rubbing the belt, and there was a Bulldogs box in front of us. And so he kept rubbing, and they surged back to 18-16. <laughs> 
until the unfortunate sin binning. But what a great night. Alex Twole, trouble with the banner, didn't get his first try in his 100th game. A possum in the commentary box. And Cooper Cronk. <laughs> and Cooper Cronk not being a fan of possums. I heard this scurrying behind us in, 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 the, in the, what I do call the rat run in Latcham Robinson stand. And I thought, oh, it sounds like there's a possum. I turned around. It was Cooper Cronk <laughs> running from the possum. I mean, so much entertainment, basically, because the Tigers won. But one of the highlights I was looking forward to was eyeballing the great Gus Gould, right? Yep. But he's gone on six tackles after all the audio problems because our mate Felix wasn't there the week before. Mm-hmm. And he's called that he's almost about called time on the Gould's innings. And then on Friday night on Twitter, no Gus at Leichhardt. And on Twitter, he goes, my head aches, my bones ache, my skin is so sensitive, hurts to touch, relentless cough, struggle to breathe. Shaking with chills. This isn't going so good. He wasn't on 100% footy last night, Dennis. Goodness. I am worried. So I just want to send an SOS out there. Gus, please let us know that you're okay. So I'm just just listening back to what you just said. So he's... Did he go on to say, I have such tremblings and fluttering all over me, such spasms in my side and pains in my head and beatings at my heart that I can get no rest neither night or day. I'm thrown into an agony of ill humour. Because it sounds like he continue on to say that. Has he, has he been reading Jane Austen? Sorry. I thought that was the quote that Cooper Cronk gave when he kicked that winning field goal in Origin <laughs> back in 2012. It is from my list of quotes that Cooper says in Rugby League the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how he feels when he sees Cam Smith. That sounds awfully like oh God, no. Gus Gould has been quoting Austin. I, I don't know. No Vangelis. No, no Rams and no Gus. I can't cope, Dennis. Uh, well, maybe this will help because I love Gus so much that one of my favourite songs from Rugby League, the musical, is about him. And I've just updated it for you. Got themselves a new boss man. He's been around rugby league since the game began. On Channel 9, he'll give sublime kick a commentary. While he takes the family club back to the premiership. When you listen to the way he speaks, you'll hear Gus truly believes he's the man who invented rugby league. No, 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 he invented not finding touch with penalties. All take the kick. Oh, he's failed to find touch. And he invented saying brilliant in commentary. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. He invented swearing in press conferences. And he invented being sent from the coach's bench. You want a five-year plan? Yeah, he's your man. He makes a new one at the drop of a hat. He's the man who invented rugby league. Come on. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He invented jumping out of the commentary box. If they award this, I will jump out of the box. Then he invented not jumping out of the commentary box. He invented stealing Laurie Daly's chair. I went to grab him, so he'll obviously grabbed it before me. He invented whatever the hell it was he did with his hair. No, 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 no. 
He invented taking over a training run. He invented Barrett being there. Long after he's gone. He invented two weeks being a very long time. Then he invented having Barrett volunteer to resign. He says... No, 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 no! Say it! No, 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 Gus Oh, I don't care, Buzz. They all do, I don't, Brock. I honestly don't care. Well, you sound because like you I, do. No, no, because you're wrong. <laughs> don't start me. Do not start me, please. Everything that you say gets picked up. Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? Have a think it back. Fellas? I'm going to ask you, who, what team are these guys describing? But they haven't played like the Melbourne Storm. And no. it's just not Melbourne-like. They just weren't the Melbourne Storm. Are they talking so, the Bulldogs? Well, so it's obviously not the Melbourne Storm. No, it's got to be Clearly the not Melbourne Storm. The Bulldogs aren't playing like the Melbourne Storm. No, I went out. The Tigers played very well on Friday. That was un-Melbourne-like. They weren't wearing purple. They didn't. <laughs> it wasn't at Amy Park. There was no Craig Bellamy. There was no Craig Bellamy. Did you enjoy yourself? Well, yeah, we we found the end of the bottomless fridge. You're kidding? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, the yeah. bottomless fridge yeah. has a bottom now. Pat, yeah, it was. It really was. It was like Pat climbed the summit to Mount Kilimanjaro. He actually drank the fridge out of the. Do you want? Uh, how many did you take away with him? No, he didn't have to. I'm serious. He seriously. Yeah, I did it. He, he did it. Yeah, I did. it was <laughs> tremendous achievement. I had help on the. I had help on the mids. <laughs> But I gave them a knock again. How coherent were you afterwards, Pat? How coherent were you afterwards? Chris drove me home. That was all right, wasn't it? Well, did the, he have his? I way actually didn't did, drive you home. I drove you into the city. Did yeah. he have his way with you? Uh, no. Or you don't? <laughs> but uh, that would. I'll, I'll tell you something. Trust me, that wouldn't be memorable right now. But I'll, heavyweight champion, PWA heavyweight champion Ricky South, who was there, has dubbed Pat's wrestling character as the Guzzler. The Guzzler. <laughs> I did. Uh, I also watched. Uh, I ended up watching that Para game. Yes. On the top floor of the QT Hotel in the city. Nice. That's not very rugby league. No. But so that that was the Melbourne Storm that they were talking about. Okay. Somehow, um, and uh, you know that that one first one didn't make sense. This one does make sense. Jim, you know what their problem is? They're out of form. <laughs> That's expert analysis. <laughs> and speaking of. We're talking origin. Mm-hmm. So this, Kent is angry. New South Wales don't get their selections right. Mm-hmm. Queensland pick players and they have this, what he calls this trick of picking players who, who they don't miss tackles and they score tries, right? Fundamental. New South Wales get their selections wrong. <laughs> miss tackles, is, don't score tries. This is the one that he keeps bringing up and this, this, is, this isn't out of context. This is indicative of, of what he says. But we talk about because well, well, yeah, you talk about I didn't until I picked a hooker on the bench last year. Yeah, but they'll be throw away game three. So he's talking about Appy Corusel getting picked on the bench. Where's the holes in that? I get to it, hoops. So let's get to game three, and let's see. Let's look at Appy side Corusel losing New South Wales that game. And oh, New South Wales have got. I think it's Corusel. It's uh, Appy Corusel. Well. That's off Abby Corusel <laughs> scoring a try. <laughs> losing the game. So losing the game, yep. All right, now, unfortunately, we have to get on to refereeing. But what the referee has done was ref the game. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Brandy's on fire there. 
<laughs> so we had that obstruction. Uh, Buzz has got a, a, the Newcastle Knights where um, mm-hmm. Broncos caught it uh, behind and inside the, the player, which is which is traditionally a, a an shepherd. obstruction. Yeah. Or a shepherd. Ricky blocking Clune as Tamari Martin ran Well, around. Buzz has got some advice for Clune. Now, if Clune had died and fallen over, it would have been disallowed the try. How bad does he want it? <laughs> if you're not prepared to die on the field, why be there? <laughs> and that might be seem a little bit over the top dying, but um, this is uh, they're having the same problem in the Super League, and this is what they're saying there. This is the second. I mean, Chilton Slather, why don't they all give him a gun each? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Super League's struggling for ratings. So I think Super League with guns might have better ratings. <laughs> it couldn't hurt. I mean, can you name anyone in the Huddersfield starting 13? Nope. Thank you. Pat, keep going. <laughs> um, so we had, so I guess, we, we, so it was nearly full circle. So we had Damien Cook, beach printer. Josh Reynolds, maybe? <laughs> yes. So we had Damien Cook, beach printer. And then that happened so much that the new Damien Cook is a beach printer is talking about people talking about Damien Cook being a beach printer. <laughs> Correct. So then I just think everyone just had to leave that behind. We're done with that. But I think we've got a new one. For the Sharks, they have a former Olympian on debut today in Lachlan Miller. The 20- and on debut, the Tokyo Olympian makes this a massive lead for the Sharks. Lockie Miller, former Australian Rugby Sevens player. And Lockie Miller, former Rugby Sevens player. On debut at age 27 after, after representing Australia in the Sevens at the Olympics. That's a, he would have seen that picture plenty of times in the Rugby Sevens, plenty of... He played rugby league up until the age of 22 and then became an Olympian just last year at the Tokyo Games. But the guys played in the Olympics at the Sevens. Like... <laughs> so that's, that's Lockie Miller. We talked last week about... Sorry, you missed it, Dennis, but we talked about the... So Ruben Cotter scores a try. Mm-hmm. He ran about 345 metres mm-hmm. to get there. And then uh, Ennis comes up with... It's, it's, uh, welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter, right? Yep. So this is what we had when, uh, Lockie Miller scores. Go! Lockie Miller on debut! He is going to score a try! It is Miller time! Now, that's pretty good. That's not bad. In real time, they did pick up how good it is. Oh, there'll, there'll be a carton on the way, so. oh. He's been waiting to say that one, hasn't he, Fat? But that's but that was appropriate to say that, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Debut try, sensational run, seventy meters. Okay, the welcome back Cotter one was. At, he's going to play first grade for a long time. Yeah, and he hadn't been out. He, he hadn't been out. Like there injury, was a yeah. time you could have used that, and yeah, yeah. nobody else has used that. Yeah, I've been. And it's could have said welcome Cotter, but that wouldn't work as a gag. So you could hold it. You keep Ruben the sandwich powder, or something. You yeah. keep the powder dry. Ruben sandwich just screaming to be used. And how like everyone's thought of it, mm-hmm. like everybody's thought of it, mm-hmm. and nobody said it. Ennis said it right. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, that's salty Peter Saltus. He used that correctly, right? Mm-hmm. And now I don't need to go into how to do it, but you can get the audio from the background. Um, we don't know how to go ahead and do that, but he was proud of himself. I actually thought of it. I thought of it during <laughs> You think of all the athletes called Miller in all the context of the world and have never, ever been conceived of. And it's an American beer as well. Correct. And what is it be like the fourth? Yes. Fourth American? Like, you got like, 
Prabs, Cores. Oh, your big uh, one's Bud. Bud. But I, I put Miller in the top three. Over Blue Ribbon? Coors. I like that. Yeah. Michelob, of course, which I believe is a Canadian variation, but it could be wrong. I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I never turn my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. So while um, while I was busy at Leichhardt Oval... <laughs> Very busy at Leichhardt Oval. <laughs> Being a guzzler. <laughs> Kieran Ash uh, was on the... Got the coverage, and he told us about this. Yeah, it was red flag to a bull there for shopping. Is that what's red flag to a bull? Is that is that the uh, is that the loony lefties <laughs> and their woke brigade? What's red flag to a bull? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, normally the red rag is encouraging the bull to come at you, but you know you think if they're red flag, the bull's been sent to the uh, sim bin, wouldn't you? Red flag. Oh, red flag would just be something that angers a bull. So what would anger a bull? Dirty stables. I'm pretty know. sure they're actually colorblind. Yeah, and it's a That's cape. Isn't it meant to be a cape? Like you've got yeah. to take your cape off and you. It's Pamplona runs uh, same night of state of origin. By the way, Chappelle used to go in that. Did he? Yeah, yeah. It used to be. It was stock footage on Why World of Sports. Was there? Was seeing Chappelle. You know, because they wear the white suits, like, almost like the sailor suit with the fringe, <laughs> and carrying the rolled up newspaper. And they're amongst all the, <laughs> um, the finest in Spanish youth, male youth. Was Chapelli, you know, with with of course the shirt done down to the navel <laughs> and the hair flowing, running the bulls in Pamplona. Oh, God, love Chapelli. Maybe he did get trampled. That might explain a couple of things. Anyway. Daniel Michael sent this report in, and this this is a quote. Ferris met with Bulldogs general manager to discuss his own future at the club <laughs> following Barrett's resignation. It is understood the duo agreed it would be in the duo's best interest for Ferris to leave the club. That's correct. So this is the Dragons talking about Ferris as a fan, that they don't want him in the club anymore? Well, Barrett did leave the Dragons in 2006. So Stephen Ferris has been kicked out of the Dragons. And the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs now. Yeah. And far up. And far up. Wow. And pretty soon FBI. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, uh, what else you got? Oh, Dennis, in your absence... Mm. The show got blue. Did it? Yeah. So here's a few... Off- so not teal. It got blue. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. you can't be blue anymore. I watch Paul Murray every night. It's illegal <laughs> to be blue now. The resistance has 1,069 days to turn it around. How bad was that? <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. What about the one... Uh, what's his name? Um, the whiny one. Uh, he, when he said, put, put this in your diary. 2025. Trump will be being sworn in, that guy on the outside. <laughs> the whole year in your diary. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll say these to you uh, without comment. Wade Patrick, Panthers have beaten the Dolphins off. <laughs> Stuart Marler, Tigers went down on men but still came first. Yeah, I had that one last week. That was beautiful. Andrew Ison, the week was all about coming together. Nice. This is some real genuine team bonding stuff going really, on. Really appreciate people getting on blowing up deluxe and sharing this priceless information <laughs> and quotes with us. Absolutely. Well, Pat, can I throw some names at you? Yes. Ricky Detelli. Yeah. Danny Levi. Yeah. Chris McQueen. Yeah. Jack Cogger. Yeah. Owen Trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, um, can I throw some names back at you? They're Huddersfield Could Giants Joe? players. Could Joe? They're Field Giants players. Could, uh, Le- Could Joe? He's there, isn't he? <coughs> Could Joe? Ooh. Don't know. Is there a, I think there's, a, there's a Jermaine on the wing. What's his name? Jane M- McGinn. Uh, They've also got Fenton Rogers in number three. We really are going down a rabbit hole here, gentlemen. The, Fenton! Michael, Fenton! Michael Shenton, Fenton! I think, as well. I, I encourage everyone to get on the appropriate <laughs> website to have a look at the Huddersfield <laughs> starting 17, if you like. But No, get down to 32 and look at <laughs> Fenton! <laughs> Can I just give my final contribution Please. for the day? Uh, Chris, do you have any, any additional reasons? Did you see Mitchell Moses get put in the sin bin just before halftime in the Manly Parramatta game? No. He was put in the bin for allegedly grabbing a player and holding them back. And as far as I could see, he barely touched the guy. And the referee said, I'm sorry, Mitchell, you've held the player back. You're in the bin for 10 minutes. And he just nodded and walked off without complaint. A Mitchell Moses that doesn't have a go at the referees is just not a world that I think we want to live in. And that's yet another reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels. Well, with that, I'm going to leave one juicy titbit Uh that came up on Facebook today. That today we're recording on the 24th of May, 2022. Now, on the 23rd of May, 2022, I got an email on the 24th of May, 2012, because on the 23rd of May, 2012, Fire Up had Fire Up Live Ooh. at the, the Goldfish Bowl in uh, King's Cross. King's Hotel. Cross. Yes. And the previous year, I'd been asked by Brett Oten to come on, uh, and Stephen Ferris, to come along to their Fire Up Live and be the halftime entertainment. And I sang a little song, because uh, Ricky Stewart had come out the year and said, gee... This Queensland team's so good, if we win one game, we'll be doing okay and I'll feel like I've done my job. So I did to the tune of Meatloaf's two out of three. I did one out of three is bad. And it was a heart-rending thing. And the, and the place was in tears. Everyone sing along. One out of three is bad, Ricky. So I was asked to do a follow-up the following year. I was going to Mexico for that state of origin because I was doing a recce for a band I was producing. We were going to do a gig over there. So I couldn't perform at it. Sorry, Stephen. Sorry, Brett. I can't perform. But I've got this idea. And I was going to do it live, but I don't know how to do it. I'll make a little film clip. So I made this little film clip for a song, which I'd done. And I sent, and as I was, as the boarding call was on, I was editing at the airport, boarding call, upload, come on, come on, come on. Finally got there. There you go, Stephen, it's done. I got on the plane, go to Mexico. I come back from Mexico and my phone, there was 47 texters. <laughs> my phone has blown up deluxe. And so I've then gone the film clip and I've edited the front of it to make it a little ad for Rugby League the Musical and then I've re-uploaded it and made it public. And that was on the Thursday morning I got back. By the Friday morning, it was up to uh, 500,000 hits on YouTube. It was shared on every news media across the world. Exactly 10 years ago, That's in Queensland went public. Wow. Thank you, Billy Slater. Never heard of it. And with that... That's got me fired up. Hope you're fired up and I hope you'll join us again next week. And please feel free to join Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook. Follow us on Insta. Follow us on... Fire up. Follow us on Facebook. And we'll be back next week. Thank you and good night. I had breakfast last week with Freddie's Grassman. Yeah. Graham. Graham Collis. Quite the character. He knows his grass. Yeah. He tells me he gives you all his tips. Yeah, but I was talking to him today.